Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hediger, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford and Salisbury Center United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. Our vision at Stratford is to praise God daily, to love God and others, to plant seeds, and to serve God and community. Our vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another. This morning's memory verse comes from Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Mark 8, 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Let us pray. God of peace, by whose breath the Holy Spirit enters our lives and transforms our community of faith, come to us now, whether we have opened or locked our doors. Lead us to faith beyond sight, trust beyond doubt, and deeds beyond words that we may live as your forgiven and forgiving children, leading the way for realization of your peace among us in all the world. Amen. We go to the call to worship. We come again to celebrate resurrection. The people respond, God gives us new birth into a living hope. Death has no power over us. The people respond, Christ goes before us in the new life God offers. Blessed be the God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The people respond, our hearts are glad, our souls rejoice. Come to receive life in Christ's name. The people respond, we rejoice in God's amazing good news. This morning's scripture reading comes from Psalm 112. Psalm 112. Blessed man, blessed woman who fear God, who cherish and relish his commandments, their children robust on the earth, in the homes of the upright. How blessed! Their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Sunrise breaks through the darkness for good people, God's grace and mercy and justice. The good person is generous and lends lavishly. No shuffling or stumbling around for this one, but a sterling and solid and lasting reputation. Unfazed by rumor and gossip, heart ready, trusting in God, spirit firm, unperturbed, ever blessed, relaxed among enemies. They lavish gifts on the poor, a generosity that goes on and on and on. An honored life, a beautiful life. Someone wicked takes one look and rages, blusters away, but ends up speechless. There's nothing to the dreams of the wicked. Nothing. Amen. We move to joys and concerns. As uh, I'm sure most of you know, we had a big blessing with one of our ladies returning from 
the hospital after three days. She came home on the fourth day, and we just praise God for that. Uh, we do have one other lady um, admitted into the hospital, but she's receiving great care. Uh, we continue to lift her up. So as I'm praying this morning, feel free to yell from your hearts while you sit at home or in your car or by the lake, wherever you might be. Just yell out the names that you want to lift to God, uh, both joys and concerns. So let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I, I thank you for the birds that were outside my office this morning. I thank you for everything that you've given us. I thank you for a chance to get up and and celebrate life, to get up and honor you and worship you and praise you. Um, we lift up all those people on our hearts, Father God, that are in our minds. We don't really need to speak the names. You already know them. You know what we need. You know our concerns before we even speak them. We praise you and thank you for that, Father God. We rebuke Satan with all his attempts to hurt us, to make us sick, to give us fear and anxiety. He has no legal right over the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we do plead the blood of Jesus over our community, over our state, our nation, and our world, Father God. We pray for mercy, and we pray for an end to this pandemic. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning's message is titled, Don't Just Show Up. Last week we discussed Jesus descending into hell to proclaim his victory over Satan and the fallen angels and to rescue the captives, those saints who had been justified by their faith and were awaiting the resurrection. We agreed we are accountable for our actions in the flesh after we die, and we do not get a second chance for redemption. The Bible says we die and we are judged, proving we have to make a choice while we are still breathing. With that in mind, I'd like to build on what Jesus did after he suffered a physical death. He continued to do the work of his Father and ours. You see, Jesus didn't just show up to the cross. He didn't simply respond to the will of God in a passive manner. He wasn't just going through the motions. He was on a mission, and thankfully for all of us, he was dedicated to accomplishing that mission, even to the point of death. Now that's commitment. As I reflected on this during the week, I wondered how many times I just showed up, or how many times we just showed up, going through the motions without putting our hearts into the work. Imagine a player on a sports team that just shows up without a commitment. How effective is he or she when their hearts aren't in it? Just going through the motions doesn't help their performance, and it certainly doesn't help the rest of the team. Perhaps they abandoned the love they had at first, as we read in the letter to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evildoers. You have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them to be false. I also know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for the sake of my name, 
and that you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then from what you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. How often do we find ourselves just going through the motions in our Christian walk? Sure, we read the Bible, we attend church, we say a few prayers, we put a check mark next to the boxes titled, Our Christian Duty. Are we just showing up? Or are we hungry for the word and excited to do the work of the Lord? What are we doing between the Sunday services? Are we truly seeking the will of God in our lives on a daily basis? Or are we on hold until we hear the next sermon? I think this pandemic and quarantine is like a big mirror. We get the chance to take a look at ourselves and our Christian walk and truly see who we are, who we are in the flesh and who we are in Christ. Are we taking advantage of the downtime and spending more time in the Bible? Are we searching scripture for understanding or new insights? Are we looking for more daily devotions? Are we showing the world we are Christians by our love, even when we can't be with them? Or are we just waking up and showing up every day? Could you imagine if Jesus just showed up on his journey to the cross and afterwards? The man sweat blood before he was crucified. And he certainly didn't take a three-day weekend to rest after his death on the cross. He continued to do the work of his father. We discussed some of that work where I said he descended into hell to proclaim his victory to the fallen angels and rescue the saints held captive. But he did much more after he ascended and came back to earth for those 40 days. We begin by him reminding Mary of who he was at the tomb. Mary had heard his preaching and teaching. She heard Jesus tell them he would rise again after three days. Peter and John heard it too. Yet they looked into the tomb and only saw with their eyes. They saw an empty tomb with the linen and wrap, but failed to see the reason for it. Even though they spent years with Christ before his death on the cross, they failed to see what he had predicted. They failed to see Jesus. I can't help but think I sometimes fail to recognize Jesus myself. Even when he's right in front of me, either in the form of another person or the blessings he's provided me. Well, Jesus came back to earth, but again, he didn't just show up. He spent 40 days teaching and encouraging and witnessing. And he emboldened Peter in all his shame after his denial of knowing the Lord. He continued to do the work of his Father in heaven. He didn't just show up, he showed up. Judy Daly stopped in to see me the other day, and she told me a story that fits right into this theme of simply showing up versus showing up. As the story goes, there was a gentleman in the hospital with the virus and not doing very well. Visitors were not allowed, of course, 
So he was alone with his thoughts and fears 24 hours a day. He longed for company. He longed for comfort. But there was none. Until one evening, an employee from the hospital, a cleaner, came into his room to clean up. Because that's what cleaners do. They clean. He struck up a conversation, and he finally asked the patient if he could pray for him. He agreed, and the cleaner prayed over him, because that's what Christians do. They pray for people. By the next day, the patient was not only feeling better, he was breathing better. He was on his road to recovery. Now, that cleaner could have just showed up and did his job. But he didn't just show up. He showed up. And he stepped up. He was obedient to the Holy Spirit. He looked for ways to do the work of the Lord while he did the work of the company. That reminds me of a story in the Bible. We turn to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, where Jesus healed a paralytic. Mark 2, 1 through 12. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And having dug through it, they let him down in which the paralytic lay. I'm sorry, let me reread that. I apologize. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Those four friends didn't just show up. They showed up. Imagine if they just went through the motions. They would have seen it was impossible to get their friend close enough to Jesus for healing and would have given up. It wouldn't be their fault. They tried to get their friend healed. They carried him all that distance. It wasn't their fault the crowd was too big. But no, they showed up and they stepped up. They continued to do the will of the Lord and came up with a plan to not only get their friend healed, but to bring glory to God in the process. And I'm guessing that healed friend was very grateful they didn't just show up and go through the motions. You see, it's not enough to just show up, brothers and sisters. 
Coming to church on Sunday and thinking you're doing enough is a false doctrine. Billy Graham said, Satan does not care how much you theorize about Christianity or how much you profess to know Christ. What he opposes vigorously is the way you live Christ. Let me say that again. What he opposes vigorously is the way you live Christ. How do we live Christ? We're called to renew our minds daily. That means we should be in the Bible every day. We need to learn Christ before we can live Christ. And we're called to serve others. Remember the words of our Lord in Matthew 25, 31 through 40, during the judgment of the nations. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Praise God. We are called to do the work of the kingdom. My prayer would be that my brothers and sisters throughout the world are looking for new and creative ways to do his will during this pandemic. Showing up can no longer be enough, my beloved. Think about it. Just showing up in marriages results in divorces. Just showing up as a medical professional could result in deaths. Just showing up as a first responder could result in serious injuries or death. And just showing up to church on Sunday could result in spiritual death. Don't just show up. Show up. Create a ruckus for Jesus and the kingdom. And for those of you who may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this may be a great time to turn to him and ask him into your life. Not just because of the pandemic, but my hope would be that your eyes have been opened because of the work the enemy has been doing during this time, what the Lord's been doing during this time, and what Christians around the world are doing during this time. Charles Stanley said, Jesus didn't wait until we deserved him. He knew that we never could. Instead, he gave himself freely for all mankind and extended an invitation for every sinner, just as he or she is, to come to him and find rest.
Ask Jesus into your life. He thinks you're deserving of his forgiveness. I promise you this. Jesus won't just show up in your life. He will show up. He's waiting for you. Come to Jesus and see. Let us pray. Father God, I praise you, Lord. I praise you. I pray, Father God, that, that those of us who already believe in you would find ways to know you better, to stay in your word, to dig deeper into your word, and to just work on that relationship that we have with Jesus. And Lord, for those that don't know you, I would pray that the Holy Spirit would convict their hearts and show them that there is no hope. There is no hope in this world outside of Jesus. We would just pray that they would come to you, Father God, that they would come to you and call you as their Lord and their Savior so that God may receive the glory and his kingdom may be extended. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. I'd like to thank you all again for your obedience in sharing God's blessings. Those of you that have been dropping off your tithes and offerings, <clears throat> excuse me, or those that have been mailing them to Post Office Box 104 in Salisbury Center. Thank you. Let us pray. We rejoice in the inheritance you have given us, O God, and delight in sharing it with others. You have given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have touched our lives with eternity, with indescribable and glorious joy. We want others to experience what we have begun to realize in company with one another and with you. To that end, bless all the offerings of this day. Amen. How quickly we forget that we are Easter people, raised up out of the ways of death and into the fullness of life. The power of death leaves us shaken and afraid, but God in Christ calls us out of our fear to experience a presence that embraces us with eternal hope. Now may you receive the benediction. And now may you hear the words of Jesus, peace be with you. And may you receive his peace into your lives. May you feel the wind, the breath of God as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. May God counsel each of you and give you wisdom and instruction. Let your hearts be glad and your hearts rejoice, knowing God loves you and cares for you. Now go where Christ sends you, empowered as disciples of Christ. Amen. And may I just close with repeating what I've been repeating for far too long. My wife and I love and miss you all dearly. We look forward to the day that we're assembled and and see your smiling faces and, and the joy to be able to, to sit together and as a church body and to praise God. I can still see your faces when I close my eyes. I see your faces right now as I look out over the sanctuary. I, I love you guys and I miss you. So please stay home, stay safe, and stay in his word. Until we meet again, God bless you all.